This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Hello and welcome to the Oak Road Hatter podcast. I am Billy Mully and this is what we've got coming up today. We discussed what went wrong on Saturday when a below par Cardiff team turned up at Kenworth Road and stole the three points. Also look about a few things that arise from that game, namely James Bree and a few other little bits that's come up with that. And we also look ahead more positively to Blackpool, which I'm sure is going to be a great day and after Jamie Castle calling me an armchair fan, it looks like I'm the only one that's going to be there. So we'll talk about that in a little bit more detail. But first of all, I'm joined by Dylan Bundia, Stephen Day and Jamie Castle. Lads, how are you getting on? Yeah, not too bad. Obviously, always a bit downbeat after a, a poor performance and, and bad result. But otherwise, all good, mate. And you, Stephen? Yeah, I could be better. I think this kind of collective sigh just sums up where Luton fans are at in a minute. 100%, yeah, I, I oh, get that. Oh, we've got to talk about Luton. Yeah, it's not the best, it's not the most happy uh, Zoom call we've had and I can tell that by, by all our faces, but we'll, we'll get on to Blackpool in a bit and that hopefully be a bit more positive. But we'll, we'll go straight into it because it was dreadful um all day i i got dragged around the shops that day so yeah i guess the the armchair armchair fans gonna be um used a little bit more but I, i'm glad that's the one i missed because um it sounded awful didn't it well jamie you were there so talk us through it yeah poor um i think just again frustration is 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 the word to use um frustration because we because we know how good we can be if you sort of take the snapshot against Borough, the five minutes we were we were unbelievable. But no, well, what was it? Wasn't to be against against Cardiff? I think you said in the intro they were below par, and it's a bit harsh. I, th- I thought they were solid in what they did. Um, below par in in the manner of how they play, yeah. But that's 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 how they play, and and they did what what, what they do well. Um, other than that, yeah, obviously it's, it's hard to talk about. Um, 
I'm sure we'll get on to a few of the the calls within the game um, at, at some point in a bit. But yeah, just all around frustration, really. Stephen, when you when you think about Cardiff and the run that we've been on, uh, Cardiff been in, in terrible form, sort of had that buzz of winning two out of their three under Steve Morrison. Did you view it as a game that we we would sort of be back and start scoring a few goals again? Was it that kind of game that you thought was going to be the the confidence builder, as it were? Well, I, I I didn't really go into it thinking we, you know, we deserve the win straight away just because they're lower down in the table. Um, but I remember looking at the table and thinking, oh, on paper, you'd think that we should go into it and perform well at least, and if not, take the three points. A home game, which is what we love, you know, our performances away from home can be a bit lackluster sometimes, but at home, we, you know, that's that's what Nathan Jones wants. He always, he always talks about like a fortress for Kenilworth Road and all that. Maybe not so much since he's come back for a second spell, but looking at it, looking at the table, I would have thought, yeah, we should, we should get something from this at least. Um, and looking at it right now, had we beaten Cardiff, they'd be two points from the relegation zone where they're now five points so it it's a with along with the performance and the manner of losing it it's just a really hard one to take because it's just where they are where we are how we should be turning this around and yeah it's just it's just such a frustrating day and it's still frustrating now in his post-match interview Nathan Jones he, he said that he was embarrassed but he also said you also sort of threw his arms up and said, I'm at fault for this, my team selection, and, and sort of took the blame. So when we named five changes and, and the, the personnel that came in, were you surprised or were you sort of thinking that it's another three-game week? I'm not too surprised to see a fair few changes, but was it the fact that the midfield was changed so much after sort of Campbell and, and Lansbury have been very, very strong, I think, in the last couple of games I think when I looked at it I was thinking that's a, that's a solid team and I, I genuinely looked at it and thought you know that's, that's, that's a really good team we've got a good chance and um, I didn't really mind the changes because as you said it was you know a three game week and two tough games beforehand I think it was just fitness and I, I was happy with the team when it was announced so you know again it's disappointing um, yeah, same. I, I think I've I, gone that Steve. I think at the time the team looked looked good, and I think uh, without double checking, I'm pretty sure it's not too dissimilar to the team against Coventry when we beat them five 0 where he had Glenn Ray and, and Pelly in there, had Jordan Clark as a ten behind Eli and and Cornick. It's, it's not not too just a, not too different to, to that team. Um, and going back on Nathan's post match, I think he's protecting the players a little bit. I think okay, yeah, he, def he definitely made mistakes, definitely with his in game choices that he made. I think he, he, he I think he got that wrong. But with regards to the, the start of level, I think he, he's protecting the players a little bit because I don't think the players played to the best of their ability either. Yeah, I mean, like, like, like Jamie just said, I mean, in hindsight, what did we lack? We lacked players who could control, be brave on the ball, i.e. Lansbury. Um, and I guess it's very easy in hindsight to say, look, Campbell, Lansbury were outstanding uh, uh, against QPR, Forest, they were very good in, bo in both games. So 
you know, why would you pull them out? But then at the same time, we've had three game weeks where in the third game we've got battered because we haven't made changes and people are tired. So it's a difficult one. I think I, I probably agree with Jamie there as well. You know, he's protecting the players. At the end of the day, I think, well, I think where, where he feels like he made an error was he picked, well, Glenn Ray because Cardiff are big physical direct. Glenn Ray can help on set plays, can help on crosses, etc. So that's why he picked him instead of a Lansbury or a Campbell probably. And he then feels, well, we've conceded from two crosses. So what was the point? Um, I, should have, I should have picked Lansbury um, so we could then dictate and control and, and then kind of address the issues that we had. Um, so there, there is an element of him protecting the players. The players have to step up. But I think as well, you know, the rhythm went, the rhythm that we had from QPR and Forest, which, by the way, were two very good performances. Let's not forget that. Two very good performances. Um, and let's not the, let the fact we only got one point from it brush over that at all. So then change, make the changes that we did and, and maybe that disrupted our rhythm, especially in the midfield three. And then one key key sort of thing that emerged was, was this notion of, of people completely disregarding and, and just taking aim of, of James Bree after the game. And obviously he's, he's a player that's got a lot of stick this season, perhaps a bit of a scapegoat, um, probably amplified by the fact that Peter Kioso was let, let to um, depart on loan during the summer. So in terms of James Bree, what he does offer and, and the, the kind of player he is, do you think he's just lacking in confidence at the moment? Do you think the fact that he doesn't really have anybody pushing him for a starting place? I know Jones did say about using Clark in a right wing back role, but in total honesty, he's not, he's not a right wing back. He is an attacking player, a player that's good in the final third, as we, as we saw against Cardiff. So do you think that the fact that Bree it doesn't have too much competition. And if he does not perform to the levels that's required, he doesn't get taken off, really. He, he, there's no one really to, to come into the side. I think it's tough because, OK, he, he, he was pretty poor on the weekend. But before that, I think at Forest, he, he was OK. He, he probably misplaced one or two passes, but not, not, unlike, a few, not unlike a few other players. Before that, I thought he's been pretty good this season. Now, if I think about why people might not like Bree, all I can think of is poor set-piece delivery. But ultimately, that's Nathan Jones' choice to put him on set-pieces. It's not James Bree's choice to, 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 to take a corner or to, to take a free kick. That's Nathan Jones and his staff's choice to do that. Now, if Nathan's saying that he's the best set-piece delivery in, in the club, then, then, then fine. But that's the only thing that I can think of, really, why he gets so much stick because he can't beat the first man. But at the same time, is that also our set piece instruction is to try and get to the near post, get the flick on or, or, or win it at the near post. And just because it might be half a yard too short or half a yard too deep, it's not James Bree's fault, like sort of overall, it's A, Nathan's chose to put him on the corner and B, the near post delivery is his instruction. You can't have a go at him for just acting on instructions. So it, it just seems a bit like another petty situation where it's always it's always him. Um, and to be honest, I've not seen enough of PKO so other than the old cup game to cast judgment. But there's a reason he's out on loan at MK Don to play in white mids in, in, in like a 3-5-2. Okay, he's a good player, but is he 
really that much better than James Bootbury? Probably not. Like, let's be honest. I think people were just seeing him play against United, thought, oh, yeah, he was amazing. So then that, so now he's suddenly better than James Bree. It's, yeah, it's just, just all a bit frustrating for me. I think going back to the competition part of it, I think if Kyoto was in the squad, it might push Bree to do better because you've got to think the, the competition across the pitch is mad. Like, we've, we've got so many positions where there's there's someone that can come in and perform well. We saw that against Forest as well, like Stoger out because of stupid COVID rules or whatever. Uh, Shea comes in, keeps clean sheet, and then he gets dropped instantly for Stoger to come back in. But it's like, it's just a competition across the board apart from that position. And I think that's why fan, you know, a lot of fans would probably want him back just because it's someone to push Bree to perform better because it's almost like his position is safe and he's going to be there. Um, but but, but I, Stephen, I think... what, what, I would, what I would argue against that is what's more important right now for Luton Town Football Club is it that Kyoso provides competition for James Brief for this one season or is it Kyoso gets 35 games in League One this season I think the, be- the better thing for Luton Town Football Club this season is for Kyoso to go out to League One and get 35 games at a good football inside so he comes back in next season you know what might actually push for first choice right back I think that's more important than providing cover for three this season. Yeah, I I get that, but I think I mean in in my personal opinion, I'd prefer him to be in the squad. I'd prefer him to be with Luton, and that's not me just hating on that bloody team. But you know, I think I I prefer him to be in the squad just because I worry about that position with Bree not performing well. Clark isn't str- strong enough for right wing back. I, I think that he's someone that could learn from playing, but at the same time, it's not what he wanted. And it's like, it's what's best for the club and what's best for him. And he said, I want to play 30 or 40 odd games this season. So he left and he's, he's playing well. And, you know, we can't really change that. But I just, I do worry with Bree's performances in the last three, four games that have been, you know, I'm not. I'm not trying to say he's the. Well, I'm, I'm not trying to make him the scapegoat for me. But I'm just saying, it has been a little bit lackluster. But then, the rest of the team has been as well. So it's it's a team thing, and it's not just Penny. It's not just Bree. It's like, you know, something's just not clicking at the moment, and that's fine because I think we'll come out of it. Just just Sorry. looking at um just looking at James Bree, PT Kyoso, obviously Kyoso. Um, is out for this is on loan for the season um MK so th- there's that sort of notion that what happened last year when he was at Bolton and that got cut short so he could go on to, to uh, a league one loan do you do you think that could happen or would you back that to happen um in terms of his loan getting cut short and, and integrated into the first team at Luton again or are you sort of in the same camp as Stephen there where uh, sorry, same camp as Jamie, where where you think it's best that he gets a full season at the top end of League One? I mean, I think the question is, well, people are saying, you know, James Bree, obviously on Saturday, his deliveries weren't great. Um, that, that was obvious. But so the question is, does Peter Chioso upgrade that? Does he give us that quality from wide areas, high and wide, playing white right wing back? For me, the answer is a categorical no. Peter Chioso... I've watched him across three divisions 
for Bolton playing right wing back in League Two, Northampton playing uh, right back, a very defensive right back, a team battling relegation. And then I've seen him play twice for us, um, Barnsley away, Birmingham at home, right of a back three. And he he's not a fullback who, uh, a wingback who gives you that quality in the final third, those splitting passes, real dangerous deliveries, the kind of whip on crosses that you want that attacks good areas. He doesn't do that. And, and I haven't watched him um, for MK Dons this season, but I've looked at the numbers and the numbers are the same pretty much. They say the same things. And obviously, the num- obviously, you know, we need to watch him at some point. But from what I saw last season with him, he doesn't massively, he doesn't upgrade that. So I think people need to understand that, that yes, James Bree on Saturday wasn't great. His set pieces have been inconsistent this season, definitely. But Peter Kiosa doesn't upgrade that. So, yeah, I'm with Jamie on this. I think he needs that season in League One at MK Dons, um, you know, to, to play in a system like that where he's going to get a lot, of, a lot of freedom, a lot of space to attack. He's going to get a good education about playing in the final third and stuff, which is exactly what he needs. But, you know, we can't make... Just because some players in our squad are maybe underperforming a little bit, we, we can't make martyrs of these other guys who aren't playing and suddenly they're going to come in and, and change everything. It's not going to happen. Players don't just suddenly wake up and become amazing, you know, and, and decisions have been made. There's a reason we played Peter Chioso right of a back three against Birmingham and Barnsley and not a right wing back. That's because he has a particular skill set. So let's just be a bit logical about this. Let's not, you know, elevate these guys who are good players, who will be good players for us, but to think that they'll come in and solve all our problems. Because for the Chioso breed thing, it's not true. It's, it's just not going to happen right now. I'm, I'm agreeing with both you and Jamie that I think he deserves this this time to to prove himself at the top end of League One. It's logical that that he's moved through the pyramid at sort of a constant pace, and uh, yeah, of course he he can become an important, a, a brilliant player for Luton. But at the moment, he doesn't really progress what we need. He doesn't really fit the description of of what we need from a, a right wing back in terms of that delivery and, and final third activity. Going on to can I, can I actually jump in there and ask a question related to this? Then, like, is anyone actually worried about the right back position? Do, does anyone think that we need a backup for Bree that isn't Clark? Because we've kind of all agreed that Clark probably isn't the best option for that position. Roles reversed here, but I'll, I'll answer your question. Um, I think this, the strange thing is is that uh, Jones in the past has, has spoken about having two players for every position and then Kyoso w- went on loan. That that bit at the start was quite strange to me, but then Clark was was named as a, a sort of the backup option if, if need be. But of course, we all know that he's better in the final third. It'll be interesting to see if we did do anything in, in January, a, a short-term loan what remains of the season. I, I personally don't think that's necessary, but at the same time, um, it, it's a possibility at the end of the day. Um, if Clark is to, to sort of cement himself as sort of the attacking midfielder, the, the sort of the highest, highest central midfielder that we've got, then that does leave us quite short in terms of right back. So a, a short-term loan might be an option. Personally, I wouldn't go there, but I, I think it still has to be named as an option yeah I, I think for me I, I agree with Bill I think it's very hard to bring someone in knowing you've got Pete Chioso there because ultimately then what happens in the summer if if someone's brought in on, on a permanent 
then surely that means you've got three white wing backs. So therefore, what happens there? Does that mean, in fact, there might have been a full out of the case, so therefore he's off? Or maybe does James think that Bruce's not good enough, so we sell him? So that causes a bit of a bit of an issue with what what do you do? And obviously Nathan will know now what he wants from his right wing back position starting from next season. But bringing in someone permanently is a bit tough when you know you've got Kyoso there. And I think with a short-term loan, when you've got someone so far with Bree, whose who's injury record since he's been with us has been, has been really good. He's not, he's, not, he's not missed a minute. I don't think you need that backup when you do have a Jordan Clark, okay, not his best position. You do have a Gabe O'Shea, okay, not his best position. His, his best position. That if worse comes to worse, they both can play there. But for now, with James yeah. Bree playing every minute, I don't see why you need that that second choice for for, for such a short term view. Yeah, fair enough. Thing as well that that might be being overlooked, and Jamie just kind of touched on it. There was we've you know we're talking about rotating the midfield and the three game week and all this and ro- you know rotating corner count against Forest. James Reese played pretty much every minute. I think mm. he's um, played every minute. Right wing back. He's played, he's, he's played ninety against QPR, ninety against Forest, and ninety against Cardiff. That's a, that's that has an effect, you know. He's you're playing right wing back. You're supposed to be the high and wide player, um, trying to get delivers into the box and then jump into a back five. It's a it's a lot. So I think that's something to consider as well in terms of his load and how that affects performance. Because at the end of the day, if you're tired, you, you're going to struggle to to get those deliveries in. That and I think that might be a factor as well. I think that's a very good point because I think he's played every minute of every game this season. Yeah. Yeah. Again, yeah, it's, it's it's quite easy to forget that he's he's done that three game weeks as well, more frequent than than mo- the majority of seasons. I know last year was a, a freak season where three game weeks became quite common, but it's still a lot. I know we're talking about professional footballs uh, footballers here, but that's still in right wing back. That's very very demanding. But we'll go on. We'll try and get onto a, a brighter note and talk about Blackpool away. Obviously, Blackpool as well entered a bit of patchy form. Um, Kenny Dougal, their, their um, centre mid, recently said that they're disappointed that they're a mid-table side in the championship this season. So I think that speaks volumes about how good they've been this season. Yeah, good side. And I'll, I'll let Dylan get on to what they're like. I know he's a big fan of, of Blackpool and the way they play, but I guess it makes it a big game for us on Saturday now. We're what, winless in four, three defeats and, uh, and, and one draw. Um, albeit QPR for us, we played really well. Um, it makes it a big game. Um, so it's, it's going to be interesting. I mean, yeah. I mean, I, I, yeah, I like Blackpool. I think, um, you know, they started the season, they struggled at the start and now they've really elevated themselves and their form's been a bit patchy, um, which was which was always going to happen. But what they've got is some really good individuals. I mean, Shane Lavery, what a signing he's been um, for them up front. So much energy. His movement in the box is so sharp. His finishing, he's a proper like out and out, just sniper in the box, just finds little spaces. And, and but his work ethic as well is, is unbelievable. Then they've got Keshi Anderson. I mean, what a story he is being a championship player. He, he didn't play much. I don't think last season in League One he was he was a bit part player. Now he's I think he's played more games in the Championship this season than he did for them last season in the whole of League for the whole of League One, which is crazy. Um, but again, another one who's just so energetic. That, that's why that's how I that's how I view Blackpool is they play good football. They've got real energy about them, like with guys like Anderson and they've got Yates as well. 
Um, and and you know what, Neil Critchley is doing an unbelievable job with them um, at the minute. The, the other player I really like um, is their centre-back, Epiteta. Uh, He's played, I think, in three different divisions in the last three years, League Two, League One Championship, and, and handled the step up brilliant, step up brilliantly this season. Um, someone who's got so much potential, but it's it's going to be tough just because they're a League One team last season. Doesn't matter; they're a very good team, and, and they'll, you know, we'll have to be right at it um, if we're going to get anything from that because they will punish us if we're not at it. It's quite interesting about Blackpool as well because I think at the start of the season um, there was more more activity, more sort of championship standard signings for, from Peterborough and Hull. Um, I think with Blackpool they they were using the low market, they were using sort of the lower league market as well, and that they've managed to integrate them all into into a, a really strong side. And I think it's it's a fair enough comment in in terms of what um, Dougal said in terms of being. Um, disappointed being in mid-table because some of the performances they have put in you hear a lot of, of managers after the game praise the, the, the job that Critchley's done so far and, and speak quite highly of, of Blackpool and, and where they can go this year so I, I think in terms of what they can do it'll be a very very difficult test and then yeah, obviously our, our form as well but the, the thing with Luton as we always say when when we're disheartened with a disappointing result is that we've got that in our locker to pull out a good result and sort of get back on track and, and start building from that again. So I think that's the, that's the thing I'm holding on to. So looking at, at the, the game at Blackpool, if you were NJ, what would you be thinking in, in terms of setting up? Um, obviously nothing will be final for a very long time. I'm sure he'll be contemplating this for a long time, but do you feel that five at the back is is now how we play and how we operate? And it will take a lot to to derail us from from operating that way, or or do you think that there's still scope in terms of being flexible with the formations? I think the thing with Nathan is that once he's got his system and he feels it's working, he trusts that system, um, and I don't think he's obviously I don't think he's too proud to shy or, or to change things around when it needs it but I think he's I mean there's a reason why we're still playing it even though we've had a dip in form I'd say being 15th at this point in the season six wins seven draws seven losses like it's not a bad record I you know going back to that Blackpool players comment saying that they're disappointed they're mid-table we're disappointed that we're mid-table but I don't think that it's time to change the tactics drastically and I think the three, five, two, well, yeah, whatever it is. <laughs> um, it, I think it all, it's it's going to stick for a while uh, unless we keep losing and the form stays like this. But it's a long season. We're in, you know, quite a, a hard period right now. And yeah, I think it's, I think it will stick for a while at least. Yeah, I, I'd agree long term. I think the back three is, is what we're going to be using more than not. I still have this hypothesis that I think Nathan's trying to get us back to the diamond, but we're not quite there yet. Because ultimately, I think the, 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 the way the back three works with the two up top and the, and the ten, I think it's it's not too dissimilar to to the diamond. Um, so I think that that's like the long long term. But I think the back three is it for the time being. Whilst we transition, um, having said that, I do think he might go to a back four at Blackpool. 
Um, we all know how much he loves to match up, and I think they play a four-two-three-one mainly. Um, so I think the, the performance against Cardiff might have a few players on his door. Um, so maybe a four-two-three-one, get get Fred back in from the off, um, and yeah, I, I, I just I just think that might be might be it. I, I don't think our problems are to do with back three, back four, or anything like that. I mean, Cardiff was just individuals. It doesn't matter what system we would have played. You know, we, we just didn't, we weren't brave with the ball. We didn't move it quick enough. We didn't try and create stuff. Um, so that, that for me, doesn't, the, whether what system we play doesn't matter. Why are we playing a back three? I mean, it's, the, I think the reason we do it is because we can get Naismith as our real deep progressor. Otherwise, we're in a back four. We, we play Bradley and Lockyer. I don't trust Naismith playing centre-back in a, in a back four. So it just frees up Naismith on the left of the three to be our real key progressor from deep and, and, uh, uh, and he's able to play out. Then we've got Amari Bell, who, like we saw against Derby, can, can sometimes struggle a little bit um, defensively. Make, you know, like uh, against Derby, let, I can't remember who it was, but he just let him spin off him. Um, so he lets Amari Bell or Fred, whoever's playing left wing back, to, to get really high. And then we can press with our front two, which has been really successful. So I don't, I don't think... I don't think the structure is wrong, especially with especially with Cornick as well, because I think Cornick is so much better playing playing narrow through the middle, and we want to get Elijah in the in the team obviously as well. So to get both of them playing in their best positions, front two, what are your options with a front two? Four four two, not really because we don't get not really what we do. Diamond probably leaves our back four a little bit exposed, too much space in wide areas. So we've gone with a three, and it's you know, it's pretty simple. I think that's why we've done it. Um, I, I definitely can see it sticking, I, I, but at the same time, we know we're flexible. You know, half time against Forest, we we went to a front three with um, Musquay on the left and, and Fred on the right, so we can do that. Um, no problem at all. Um, so yeah, no, I, I don't think the problems are to do with the back three. I think it's just about individuals being brave and, and doing their jobs and, and defending the back post and going with runners and switch, you know moving the ball properly. When we do that, like we did against QPR. We did it brilliantly in a back three. So I don't think the system is hugely affecting our performance at the minute. Well, I'm positive about it. That's probably because I'm going and, and you're not, you three are not going. And I'm trying to, I'm trying to hype myself up for that long drive down there. Well, up to the, to the Northwest coast, but yeah, I am, I'm enjoying it. Well, I'm looking forward to playing. And I think with Blackpool, not, not one in five, uh, scored twice in that in those games as well has probably given me a little bit of a uh, hope. But we'll come on to the score predictions. Um, come to you, Jamie, because we are actually favourites, which I, I'm surprised about. But we'll come. We'll come to you, Jamie, first. I'm always positive, so I'll, I'll stay positive and I'll go two one later. Stephen, and a slap it on the table. Ending our bad run of form with a shithouse one nil win away from home. Love the positivity, Dylan. I'm absolutely with Stephen. Absolute dig in one nil. Um, yeah, I think we'll do that. I think we'll, it'll be one of those battling ones. That's no shots on target either. An own goal <laughs> or something. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to make it three one nils in a row. Um, I've tempted to. I was tempted to go two nil, but I think um, yeah, it's going to be difficult game probably tough conditions as well northwest coast um stormy weather as, as it probably will be again so yeah i'm going to go for as 
as Stephen says, a shit house one nil win. I think that's uh, I think that's a good call. Well, that is all we have time for today. A big thank you to the three of you for joining. And as I mentioned a few weeks ago, we are currently in the process of a relaunch. So make sure to keep your eyes peeled as we'll be posting a few bits on social media in the the next few weeks. We've got a date, hoping to meet it. You know what we're like. We're we're quite bad with timers, but this we're going to try and be quite good with. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximise your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.